hi everyone, welcome to Changing Keys, the podcast where we aim to, we want to influence thinking, we want to change the narrative, you know, around the people that we see in front of us, all these people that inspire us to do certain things. Uh, 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 when this started, we, 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 I think I was, well, personally, I was affected by, by the fact that things look so easy to do. Like, you know, you look at someone doing something and they make it look so effortless. And I wasn't really interested in the effortlessness part of it. I was more interested in what they go through to get to that point, you know, because a lot of us want to do certain things. And we just see all this glamour, like in front of us, you know, someone's, someone's a billionaire, you know, we just see the money, we don't actually see the work that they put into that. So I started to do a bit of research myself, like on different people, like if I see someone, I go on, on just Google if I can, find as much information about it as possible, just to find out how did this person actually start out. And that's actually how this whole concept came about. So this show is on, um, it's, it's a companion show that we do with our guests uh the 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 aim of it is is very simple so we do these interviews like um i call them roadside side of the road Um, yeah basically just anyway uh with our guests and from that interview uh we then put it together as a podcast because we do we do a write-up and we do a whole dialogue on the website cracksmiles.co.za but then I was like, yeah, but maybe this also add the audio so that we're not really taking away from what we do put down um, on paper for these artists. And I know some people don't like reading, so it's, it's nice to then be able to sort of plug this in as you're driving or as you're walking or whatever. Like if you've got a bit of downtime, then you can actually sit down and have a listen to it. So this week, first of all, let me introduce myself. My name's Lehari. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I, 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 in essence, I'm the person sort of um, anchoring this podcast. And this week, we're talking to Chanky Piri. So the team, Letawo, Makata and Shadi had a chat with him. And yeah, so we, 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 we I'm going to, that, that interview is coming up. Um, in the first part of it, they basically, Letawo spoke to him about um, who he is as a person. You know, when you ask someone to describe themselves, it's very interesting to see the kind of things that sort of pop out at you. And you're going to hear as you're listening to this, you know. And the, the, the thing that came to me as I was listening back to this was the fact that he is very selfless. You know, he's full as a person. You know, he, he, he understands his craft. He understands what it is that he does. He understands who he is as a person. But also there's this thing about him where he actually is always thinking about how then does he make life better for others and that's just perfect for us because that actually aligns to what we stand for as well you know as a brand so yeah i'm very excited about that but you know you're about to hear for yourself yeah so up next is letabo the series of questions about the man himself mr chunky piri so um who is chunky piri in your own words how would you describe yourself it's a very loaded question because if, if I were to talk about myself, that's going to be a probably a, a full day. But in brief, um, uh, by profession, a journalist, slash now I'm an environmentalist, which is what I do. I deal on community development. Um, I'm the interface when it comes to community engagement. So whenever there are issues that need to be addressed environmental issues 
that really affect communities or people on the ground. I'm the, probably the main person who does the whole interface in terms of communication. Um, so I've been in this space for more than a decade, working with communities from across the world, to be, to be more precise, not just Africa, but also beyond the borders of Africa. Um, in that space, a year, a year community development, uh, what, what I decided to do some 15 years ago was to look at, let's take our scenario in South Africa. I deal with communities that are adjacent to protected areas, taking, for instance, Kruger National Park. The communities that are living around Kruger National Park, you find that 80% of them, they were moved from inside the park. When they were building up the Kruger National Park, they moved those people outside. So in the recent years, those communities are claiming their land back. But obviously, because now it is a protected area, the government cannot keep them out the park. So they have to do the whole compensation kind of thing. But then that negotiation that happens between those communities and the government, that's where I come in. But also because the government uses a lot of, what you call it, your papers, they will send papers, they will send people who are highly educated to negotiate, then the negotiations are not balanced. So where I come in is where I bring in traditional forms of communication. When I say traditional, it's how do you relay a message into your simplest form, which is your theater, your music, your dance. So using arts to transfer the message. So arts becomes the underlining word. How do you communicate a message using art? So which brings me now to another angle, which is me being an artist. So I've been an artist for probably 25 years professionally. I started when I was, my first professional production, I think I was 16 years old, and I'm 45, so I, yeah, so probably for about 20 years I've been an artist. Um, I started off with stage, but it was mainly music. Then from music, I went to TV. From TV, I went to radio. Radio, I went back again. I had to study a bit of theater just to understand the ins and outs. Then from theater, I went to film. So basically, that's what I studied. So from being chunky, being the journalist, chunky being the environmentalist, chunky being artist, and then chunky being what what will I call it? A gym instructor. So that's what I do. Okay, so did you receive any uh, formal acting training, or how did you get into training? Into acting. They, 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 I think there's two ways into it. Um, one, obviously, I think as a person, as you brought into this world, God gives you a talent. So it's it's upon you to discover your talent before you pass on. 
And if you discover it, it's what you do about it, you understand? So I think, uh, luckily, I think around the age 12, 13, I realized I think I'm more into communication than really being behind the desk and doing all the paperwork. Um, so then that's when I tried arts. So I think I only went professional when I was, I don't know, I, I can't come back. But it was 1999, that's when I got my first formal kind of like training. But in 1999, I think I had done like a lot of things. But then I realized that also to grow in the industry, mm -hmm. you need to have that formal kind of uh, education, which is when I started theater. I think it was easier to study theater. Theater is more challenging compared to television. According to me, it's there is no stop, start, cut, paste. You know, theatre it, it happens once. If you miss a minute, you miss a second, it's gone. You can't take it back. So I studied theatre fully, just to understand the ins and outs. And then with TV, I was already into TV. I had already done the presenting. Then I moved to producing. I moved to directing. Then when I came into film, I'm still in the process of seriously understanding uh, the behind the scenes. I'm very big when it comes to camera work, but I can't direct, I can't produce, but I can't use any equipment. What's your most memorable experience in your career so far? Joe? <laughs> I don't think I do... In which field? You know, I, I've, I've heard, as I told you that, I, I, okay, let's, let's focus maybe into, into specifically what we're talking about, which is the arts, the performing. I seriously, I see, maybe, maybe I'll say my very first production, my very first production, because I was 16, and it's funny how I got the role because I, I okay, fine, the advert was there on radio that there's auditions happening, and I think I missed it, but then my friend was going for the auditions, so he asked me to accompany him. So when we got there, we got there around 9 in the morning. I think the queue by that time, it was like, Maybe four kilometers of And then, I don't know, we just queued because the guy really wanted to do this. He was, he was an artist before me, he was older than me. So I just stood there, we queued together. And I remember he only got a chance to be auditioned at around uh, four o'clock. And those guys were cutting off, the cutoff auditioning time was five o'clock. So around 4.30, that's when he went in. But when he went in, I was there behind him. And then, so I waited outside, he went in, and then when he came out, so the person who was running the hall, so he's like, okay, so what are you here to do? I'm like, no, I'm accompanying. He's like, no, no, just go and try. I mean, you're already here. 
you've been here the whole day going. So I went in, I didn't even know what to do because I'd never. So I went in there, I just did, I smiled, you know, I looked all funny. And then, yeah, they gave me a small scenario to act out, just did it. And then they're like, okay, leave your details. If we don't call you in two weeks, that means you didn't cut it. So we woke out and to me it was, because seriously, I think back of my mind, it wasn't anything that I could bang on. Uh, funny enough, in two days I got a call. And unfortunately my friend didn't get a call, which was... So when I got a call to me, it was like, okay. I went there and when I got there, they're like, no, no, we actually like you. And we feel you can do this. So. I think that's the only best memory because that's when I got my first feature role. It was like a full feature film and as the main person there. So it opened up doors for me. Whatever came after that, I think it was because of what I did or what I gave in the first production. So what has been the most challenging role you've ever had to play? Joe? I think you know, all my roles that have been challenging in the sense that I've never really gotten a role that I play me. I think I'm more on the somber, on the loving side. I think I'll play a nice romantic scene. <laughs> I think. I think I'm romantic. I'm not so sure, but I think. But they've given me challenging roles. Trekkers, I was killing people. I was... Reading City, I was the doctor. No, I, don't. I think my, my last role with the Queen was a bit more challenging. You know, um, when, when, when you act an abusive uh, parent, it's, it's really trying to, to dig deep. And I had to talk to quite a number of people. We have gone through it. We have been abused just to find out exactly what what goes on, how do they feel, and then try and, and play out their lives. I think that was the most challenging one, playing uh, Sunny Boy with the Queen. I, I've never been in a situation where I'm being, you know, or whether I have been the person who is actually doing that to other people. So it was, you know, when you really acting another person or other people. So it's a question of talking to them. Some they will open up to you, some they won't, because it is a very sensitive issue. But I think that has been the most yeah, challenging. Hey, and what is your biggest driver or what drives you the most? I think it's because I've kind of like found my footing or sort of like discovered my calling. And also being on the ground and talking to people. You know, if, if, if you take whatever you do as, as a calling, let's say if you're a nurse, if I walk into a hospital or into a clinic, and I'm not feeling too well. I expect 
the first person who's going to attend to me to make me feel better, you understand? So same applies. If God gave me the talent to entertain, to educate through this medium, I also should look at it as a profession, as a job. There is nothing special about me. I'm just a person who has been given this talent to do a duty. This is my duty. So I think the main driver is the, the difference that I've made in people, positive, I suppose. Um, and when you meet people and then they tell you how bad you are, how good you are, then you realize that, wow, so people do actually appreciate because it's not everyone who likes what you do. So someone will come and say, you know what? I think I don't like you when you do A, B, C, D. But the fact that they came straight to you and they told you, that means you have imparted them somehow. You have made a difference somehow. So you should appreciate negative or positive comments. They actually build you. So I think that's what gives me the drive. Whatever small part that I get, I always give it my best because it does make a difference where I go. So what has been the most difficult thing about being in the TNT industry? <laughs> Nothing. I think the race, it's, it's, it's trying to separate the two. There's, you need to... I think once you understand the line that I spoke about it, is it a profession or are you now living a fake life? Because if you, if you are in people's homes almost every day, you become part of people, you understand? And when you're walking now, there's always that thin line. People, they, they know you, you don't know them. So it's a question of understanding that, you know, uh, once you're out there, you're bound to talk to a hundred people that you don't know. And seriously, the challenge is trying to separate the two that, okay, this is a profession, this is a job. And then when you're out there, live like a human being, just be you, just be normal. And, and I also wish if tables were turned, I wish people could also understand that artists or the so-called celebrities, I'm not a celebrity, I'm just, yeah. Uh, an outlet but i wish people could also understand that you know they are they are human beings and also those celebrities should also understand that they are human beings so whenever we meet on the road let's talk like people hi how are you doing and then we can chat and we you know so i think yes the challenge has been trying to draw a line between the profession and myself because you end up the lines are so blurred you end up living the other life and forgetting that you now you should unwind and get back to the normal. What advice would you give to someone who's trying to get into the industry? Just like any industry or just like in South Africa, the jobs are limited, there's a competition, but what makes you unique? I think that's all I can say. We can all be actors, but what makes you better than me? You understand? Obviously, when you walk into any industry, there is a person that has inspired. Whether you want to be a footballer, you have looked, you have said, and then you have seen 
whether Mavoro, Naldo, Simavoto, Tamado, but you understand. So those are the people that inspire you. But when you get into that industry, what makes you different to your doctor commander? What makes you better than you? So, yes, you want to be an actor. You've been watching TV. You've watched all these beautiful artists. So when you get into the industry, why should a director buy your product and not her product? Because both of you are actors and actresses. But why would I say, you know what? I think I like you better than you. So it's also a question of branding yourself as you. Don't don't come into the industry and then give me another chunky period or give me another whoever. You understand? Yes, come into the industry, it will be a challenge. But once you get, you only need one opportunity. And I'm and they I'm pretty much serious that you only need one, you don't need 20. So when you get that first opportunity, give it your best. And then you wait and see what happens after that. Okay, so um, what do you think sets you apart from other people in the industry? Consistency, that's the first thing. Professionalism, you work with a lot of directors. Be on time. Know your lines. When you're given your lines, it's a profession. Get home because you don't rehearse on set. With this industry, you practice when you're at home. When you get on set, you deliver. You understand? So that level of professionalism is also needed. Punctuality, I mean, it still comes under, under professionalism. Be there on time and be a team player. When, when, when you're on set, you've got five or six other actors. Some, they could be better than you. Some, they could be not as good as you. But when you're there, it's not about competing. It's about a combined product. Because when you come out on TV, you should look like a family. So don't compete with anyone. Get the if an, an artist is a part below you, don't show it. Help them so that when the product comes out, it looks solid. We know that outside of acting, you're also passionate about fitness. What else takes your time outside of those two things? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at all? No, seriously. There's, I think in my life there's three things. If, if I'm not at work, which is obviously my outreach program, I'm somewhere around the country or around the world, I'm probably shooting or doing something. If you don't find me there, 90% you find me at the gym. I, I don't do clubs, so you won't find me anywhere dancing. Or, yes, I'll come to your birthday party if I'm invited. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm not saying I keep to myself, but yes, I'll, I'll visit friends, we'll chat, we'll spend some time. But... Yeah, it's it's work, work, and gym, and home. I if I'm not doing anything, you'll definitely find me at home. I'd rather spend more hours at the gym than anywhere else. Uh huh. You you see, I told you he's he's very. You think you're meeting an actor, you know, when you do this thing, and I think that's what this show is about. 
And just from that discussion, you actually realize that that is one of the things that he does, you know, as a professional. It's not actually the be all and end all of what he does. And I found that to be very interesting because all these things that he's doing, I think for me as well as a person, those are the kinds of things that I also think about. Like when people ask me, even when I go for job interviews, like what is it that you want to do? Um, and I always tell them that I want growth, obviously, but I want to make sure that I'm also bringing other people up along with that. And for him to define to define himself through that, not define himself, but almost like to define his purpose around that as well for me was very was very exciting to hear. So up next, we put him through a series of um, questions. Uh, Shadi spoke to him just to get uh, it's about it's ten. It's a basic questions, yeah, random questions being thrown at him, and he pleaded the fifth on a lot of them, like. <laughs> Like not wanting to to sort of give a response to that, uh, yeah. Or but I think also because we're putting him on the spot, I I do understand that. So yeah, that this is what he said. You don't need to think about your heart. You just answer. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I, wait, I wait, wait. <laughs> Are you ready? Ah, uh, no, wait. <laughs> what do you think? I think it'll be very good. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. Where's your favorite place in the world and why? Uh, sorry, so repeat, repeat, repeat. Is there <laughs> time into this? No. Are we going to <laughs> the bell? Okay. Where is your favorite place in the world home. and why? Home. Home. <laughs> yeah, home. <laughs> because uh, that's where I connect spiritually. When I'm home, that's where I unwind, I connect, I, yeah, refresh. And then, where's the worst place in the world, and why? I don't know. Are you allowed to say I don't know? Yeah. yeah I, I the worst. Yeah. Like you absolutely can't stand that. I've never been there. <laughs> Who's your favorite person, living or dead? I, I mustn't think. First, first that person comes that comes to mind. To mind. I think my grandmother. Both of them, grandmothers. Why? They're passed on. Uh, they, they, I think I had the coolest grandmothers, you know, like they were cool. They were very old, not old days in the age, but they were really grounded. They were so earthly. So I, I, I used to give them trouble. So, but they were cool because I think they covered a lot for me. I used to break a lot 20, 30 times a day, but I the coolest of them, though. Yeah. Who's your least favorite person living with you? This one will give me two problems. <laughs> what is the worst thing for you to eat? Can we come back to this one? I, I don't know. <laughs> what is your uh, favorite thing to eat? I think pop and something. <laughs> pop and... Uh, as long as this pop you have to eat. I think, pop, you know, there's that, that, um, tomato gravy, and you know, and you know, without those spices, just tomato gravy, yeah. onion, tomatoes, and salt, nicely done, yes, and then, and then the greens, whether it's your spinach and what, and then a bit of meat. What's your favorite thing to say? I love you too. <laughs> What is something you don't like hearing? I think negative, negative thinking. People who 
who don't really encourage or who, do, who see the worst out of people and then don't, they don't give the positive. What's your favorite uh, TV show? <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but I watch a lot of movies. I don't know if, if that... That's awesome. Yeah, it's not really a show, but I, I watch a lot of movies. I listen to a lot of music. And then what's your least favorite TV show? Kidding documentaries. Those documentaries were great. That, that investigative documentaries. I don't think I like them. Is it a show? Yeah, it counts as a show, I think. Sorry. So, so in this last part, um, Makata spoke, spoke him, spoke him, spoke to him about um, the concept of crack smiles. You know, I might crack a smile, but in a damn thing funny. Um, you know, the 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 person we we understood who the person is. Uh, we got to know who the person is, and then we sort of put him through these questions that then were trying to identify, sort of like these icebreakers, just trying to get feel into who he is but in this last part we, we we take things up a notch you know just to say what impression can you sort of leave on others um why do you do what you do what motivates you to keep doing how do you get or what what would you say to someone that wants to be in this industry as well and his responses yeah they they they, they, they were they i liked this to be honest like I, I i thoroughly enjoyed like the way he was responding to these questions and even the way he interprets the question that you give to him was 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 very was very great for us to hear. Like he's very open in his responses. So if someone came to you now with your experience, how would you tell your story? Can you please say it again? If someone came to me, if someone came to you now with the experience that you have now, how would you tell your story of who you are and how you achieve the things that you achieved? I think my story is very simple. Ah, we, we, we've spoken about this. It's what I've achieved is through learning. And I think I'm, I'm, what's the right word? I'm happy? No, not happy. I think I'm blessed. Very blessed to have met people who helped me to grow as a person in my industry, in what I do. So, all I can say is I've learned a lot, I've listened a lot, I've deduced what I think works for me, but also I'm still learning. I won't stop learning. Uh, I'm meeting very good actors challenging me. So the, the journey still continues. As long as I'm within the industry, I'll still learn, but I'll also give the best of what I've learned for those who are coming before me also to learn something else. So how would you like to be remembered? I think not the professional me though. I wish people could know the, the me me. I think professionally then people are going to remember me in different phases. Those who liked, those who liked the queen, they will think of me as this very those who liked Generations, they would think of me as those who liked some other movies that I did. But if people were to know me as me, if you were to meet me, she knows me from the gym, that we've never spoken. Yeah, she... I'm, I'm as crazy. I'm, 
I think people should if you if you if you want to if you want to know me, know me as this crazy person. I'm very noisy. Yeah, out. I'm loud. Uh, fun. I think that's how I want to be remembered. Not not the professional me. I, I wish people they could get time to know the me. So what would success look like for you, let's say twenty years from now? If I've given back to others, um, of which I think I have, or slowly I'm doing, with my community engagement work, it's 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 really trying to see the very people in the grassroots be the voice of the voiceless, if that makes sense. You know, that's why I say I'm an outlet. I'm there to speak for those who can't speak. So if I can see one person. Mm, you know, changing one person moving from one point to the other, to me that really makes a difference. I don't think it's, it's I can equate it to money, I can equate it to the riches, but it's more about the inner satisfaction, seeing another person changing their life to a positive you know, space. So what would you say are some of the obstacles that you had to overcome to get to where you are now? Yo, <laughs> what? What are some of the obstacles? Some of the obstacles. Yes. Even if it's just one obstacle that you feel you had to overcome to be able to get ready. There's a lot. Mm. There's a lot. Um, getting to be recognized. Getting to be. Getting quite a number of people to know you because in the industry also when you're starting you go to auditions i'm telling you you might attend a hundred auditions and you won't even get one part. you'll be always so close like so close but then there comes a time when once you have done one or two things and then getting that trust from directors where they don't really call you for an audition but they call you for a pattern like you know what We've got this script in front of us and we feel you're the right person to do it. So that has been hard. I think it's only now that I'm kind of like getting that recognition where a phone call just comes direct and say, you know what, we want you to try ABCD. Are you available? And then they send me whatever the bio, then I have to look at like, okay, do I want to do it yes or no? So when you get to choose, it has been hard. So it has been me going for auditions queuing for from nine to four for me to get a part yeah it's been it's been really hard so how would you say you deal with negativity I, uh, it's it's a question of what when i when you when when you come to me that's what i was saying earlier responding to you when I say duty, you meet people and someone will give you a negative comment, someone will give you a positive comment. Yeah. But from within that negative comment, there's something that's going to build you. So you can come and try and crush me and say, okay, this, 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 this. But within me, I know that when I did whatever I did, I gave it my hundred. But it won't really make sense to you because you're not in my space. So for you, yes, it's negative for me, it's positive. But then I have to take that and say, why would that person think it doesn't work? 
So it's trying really to turn that negative into a positive and say, what have you learned from it? If, it's, if the negative is brought in a comfortable way, if you sit with me and you tell me, fine, but then if it's the negative brought where you just launch on paper, and then you're like, I did A, B, C, D, you don't respond to it. So what motivates you on days that you don't want to do this way don't, or don't necessarily want to get out of bed? <laughs> no, seriously, I think, I think it's been my space. Um, I don't know to say fortunately or unfortunately. I would have said a glass of wine, maybe, but unfortunately I don't drink. Um, so... See, just when I feel the lowest, when I feel like I'm really down, I walk into a gym. I've got punching bags, I've got weights, I've got everything there. So if you anger me, I'll take your face, put it right there in front of a punching bag, I'll punch it 20 times. So when I finish, I've already beaten you, you understand? So when I walk out of there, I'm, I'm refreshed, it's a new day. And also, as I said before, home. If I feel it's not working here, I go home. Home, I connect. So to wrap this up, we believe in leaving impressions. So there is probably someone listening out there who is at the point of giving up. What would you like to say to that person at this very moment? Yeah, I think I'll only say, you know, it's good to give up. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I'll say... fall 10 times and rise 11 times you understand um, and, and one other thing don't compare yourself to the next person uh, God gave you your path the only person who understands your path is you and God and maybe when I, you don't even know what you, tomorrow holds for you but God has it planned for you he knows the day you were born he knows the day you're going to die he knows all so for me to really try and compete with you, it's waste of time. I should just focus on my faults and say, okay, I've fallen. If I make a mistake, learn from it. You understand? Okay, I made this mistake. How do I correct it as I go further? And believe that you're going to fall many times, but believe that you're going to rise. And one other thing, connect with yourself. Be it you are Christian, be it you believe in your ancestors, have that moment where you go and connect and talk to them and find friends. And hang around with people with positive energy. Don't have a gray area. You can't love everyone and no one will love you. Not everyone will love you. So love those that you love. Those that you don't love, it's okay. Make peace with that. Live your life. Does it make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> well, thank you so much. That's it from us. So this particular feature on our website is called Changing Kids. And as I said, it's all about changing that narrative around what it takes to make it. So the website itself is called cracksmouse.co.za. Thank you. Thank you very much. So yeah, there's, there's the man. Um, you've gotten to know him. Hopefully this... Well, this week, I want you to be inspired. Like every week, well, every month when we do this, I, I want you to be inspired. Like I want you to leave this saying that, well, I want to be a carpenter. 
you know, and I listen to this person speaking about fixing cars or about, I, I don't know, working for some big law firm or a small, um, small company. And as a result of me hearing that conversation, I'm now ready to go be the best uh, carpenter, whatever it is that you want to be. So I, from this week and just listening to him speak, I, I took away from this that you don't have to be number one in everything. Uh, just be unique to yourself. Be be as authentic as you can to yourself. And if you do that, you'll actually see that there's actually more than enough room for everybody else. Because very often we think that we're competing with others. And I remember I was fighting with someone, you know, when especially like when you work and then people are like, you know, in order to have these things, you need to do this. And I responded at the time, I'm like, you know what, if it's meant for me, it'll come to me. But I don't really think or I don't want to get somewhere by knowing that I've stepped on other people. If if that's your shine, if that's where you're shining, by all means go shine there. But if if I can't get there without stepping on top of your head, you know, then I, then clearly it is not meant for me. And that's exactly what I got from this interview and from the discussion that we had with him. So the interview is going up live. Um, well, you're listening to it, so you know that already. It's on um, www.cracksmouth.co.za. Uh, we speak to everyone. Um, from all walks of life, doesn't matter what it is that they do. We're not trying to do it so that it's just celebrities. Um, as, an ex- and as I explained um, previously with the previous, previously with the previous, as I explained with the last episode that we did, um, we want to, we want it to be about inspiring people more than anything. And this month we're speaking about changing keys. Uh, we're using that as our theme because we're trying to say that, you know what, things have been happening in a certain way for too long. And we want to just be the people that come out there and say, well, yeah, that, that, that works as well. But how about this other part? Uh, how about the blood, sweat and tears that it actually takes to get to where we get to? And that's what we want to leave you with. So pursue that passion. Go for whatever it is that you want to go for. Uh, changing keys, change that narrative. You know, if you want to do something, do it immediately. Don't, don't put it off for too long because I, I, I believe that ideas are constantly flowing in our heads. And whatever idea I don't actually put into into motion at this very moment is actually something that will probably only come out. Um, it, it's, it's not something that will come out, but if I don't put an idea into motion like right now, then there are other ideas that are coming up and those ideas might actually take precedence over something that I failed to do. You know, when I, in essence, had that idea. My name's Lahari. Bye for now.